call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you are in the world, you can call in to Free Talk Live. We're here. The number, 855-450-3733. Now I don't mean here today. I mean we're here. Uh, if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we're very, Somewhere very likely here. here yes. <laughs> um, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Richie, you brought in an article that immediately caught my attention, and the reason is because although money isn't freedom, it is an analog to freedom, right? Like people who have saved money, they own their own homes, they don't owe car payments or whatever the situation is, they have a form of freedom that... The rest of us simply don't have. There are people out there right now that are making $200,000 a year that are so deep in debt up to their eye sockets that they couldn't take a day off work if they had to. Yep. It's also, it leads to freedom in other ways too, because there's certain things that you can get away with that would, you know, bankrupt a poor person, right? Like parking tickets. Um, Was it, there was an article recently about, I think it was Jeff Bezos or one of those rich guys uh, you know, renovating his house and, you know, 500,000 parking tickets were issued out front because they moved stuff off property to do the renovations. And he just went ahead and paid the parking tickets. Right. So you can park wherever you want if you can afford the parking tickets. <laughs> Most people can. So it's one more level of freedom. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of uh, well. sort of famous people that have retired to Sarasota, Florida. OK, they do this. Yeah. 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 They just park what they want. Park wherever you want. because. <laughs> Rolls Royce is parked wherever they want. It's just the price for that parking stall is however much the ticket is, right. and, and it doesn't matter. Well, this is an argument that I've uh, found from a lot of people on the left that, okay, well, you want to remove government from all of these interactions, but what you want is freedom, and if we had government doing these things, then these people would have more freedom. Like, you would have the freedom to go to college because it's being paid for. You'd have uh, freedoms of the choices you can make because you know that your medical bills are being paid and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, I mean, freedom is defined as doing what you want so long as it harms no one else. And taxation is theft. Um, I mean, I don't see how to boil it down to anything else. I've tried. I mean, is it a fun idea to find people who have more money than me and have them pay for the things that I want? Yes, that's a delightful notion. (laughs) However... It is still theft. It doesn't matter if they, um, how they, you know, look, they inherited money from people who were at one point robber barons in the 1880s. Okay. Um, I mean, now we're, now we're pushing the line of uh, morality here, but if that's what you think, then let's have a chat about that. Ultimately, this is really important. A government that can take $1 from you, $1 from you in an involuntary transaction can do anything it wants to you. Because if it can steal a dollar from you in a completely moral bubble, then it can end your life in a completely moral bubble. Well, Mark, that's a pretty big jump. It is a pretty big jump. But that's not disproving my point. You're right. Right. Governments all over the world end people's lives based on a variety of wild and crazy things. 
because they believe uh, because they they have the power because they've been told they have the power. Yeah, it's so, the, it's the authorization of theft, and then it's just a matter of degrees. Sure, right, right. One dollar all the way to not. Life. Well, if it's one dollar, I mean, we could do so much more for the people if we stole two dollars sure. from everyone. I mean, we could steal $3 from everyone, and we could give people even more stuff. I mean, uh, to paraphrase the great Ron Paul, if you give them 1% of your income, you give them 100% of the principal. Which yes. Is an- which is another reason why I, whenever the government, you know, the government goons uh, start to institute a program, like, I advocate fighting back hard early on. Yeah, right? I mean, just thin, ed- thin edge of the wedge. Like, there's a reason for that. Like, once you, uh, there's an old saying of uh, once a camel's nose is in the tent, the rest of the camel's coming into the tent. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I don't know. I've never had a camel um, in, in it, any tent. It tents. was probably a lot more useful when we had lots more camels and lives in, lived in tents, but uh, uh, the phrase foot in the door. Well, once you get the foot in the door, okay, well, I mean, once you've gotten it this far, you're going to get the rest away there. Yep. Right. So you got to stop it. You got to stop it early yeah. on. Fight it hard when they're when they're asking for something small. And I mean, I was a salesman for years, and that is a tried and true sales technique. If you can get them to give you anything, no matter how small, the fact that they've given you something at all means that the next time you ask them for something, they're going to be way more likely. Hmm. You know, oddly enough, I did door-to-door sales, and I was not necessarily trained in that, but it was like the small victory for me. Like, if they didn't want what I was selling... I either wanted what they were cooking or I wanted to use the bathroom just just to get something out of that transaction. Well, and I've I've had a lot of uh, times where just honestly walking around in the heat, I needed some water. Yeah. But once they give you a glass of water, they are, they're almost certainly going to at least listen to what you have to say. While you're drinking the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're buddies at that point. Yeah. It's amazing. At, at that point, it's an easy ask. Well, you people are trying to figure out how to get free water. <laughs> oh no no you, you sell the product and then obviously you go through that and you're like well before i hit up to the next house let me get something well, let I me mean. tease the article okay. here so uh this this article coming up uh shows you how to uh what save money live beneath your means that kind of thing that's the idea the fruit the yep. frugal so, lights ultimate guide to living beneath your means so is this in fact why you are richie rich uh because i live beneath my needs no um i mean Honestly, because the, you don't park anywhere you want to. I don't. But I, I do my best to to do those things as often as possible. Um, to me, the whole Richie Rich thing is a mantra, I guess, because it's a like a self-actualizing statement. Because I when I when I shall I, be rich one day. No, because you go like, well, who are you? I go, I am rich. So I'm constantly saying I am rich in the grand scheme of things, hoping to manifest that into my life. Well, there is definitely a part of your brain that's listening to that. Exactly. And well, that's and that's why I do it. And the, the, the second rich part of that was just because when you fill out forms online, they want a second name. And I just started putting rich in again. And, and one of these uh, one of the things that they say about uh, people who have some form of fiscal responsibility when they talk about money printing is, well, if you live above your means now, you will live below your means later. Mm. And uh, having some tips on how we can uh, do that well is probably a good idea. All right. Let's get into it then. While many people advocate living within your means, I don't think that's enough. I'm a proponent of living beneath your means. This is Daisy Luther commenting at thefrugalite.com. Yes. Within, within is great. It signifies a lack of debt and only spending what you can afford. But beneath is even better. 
because it signifies that you have quite a bit left over for dealing with a rainy day. Oh, and aren't people dealing with a rainy day right now yes. with all the lockdowns? And I, all I can't remember what the number was, but I think it was uh, 75% of Americans are regretting not having saved uh, you know, during this COVID situation. Yeah. Uh, basically, I don't know what it is. Maybe they had the chance to buy more toilet paper. I don't know. But... <laughs> uh, they, they, they were that was the article well and you find these figures uh all over the place of like how many people can afford three hundred dollar expenses how many people can afford a thousand dollar expense if it suddenly crops up and it's like nobody for the most part yeah there's the- almost no one has set aside anything for a rainy day which is just not a great way to live your life no um i, I was talking to my wife about it today is is that i do believe I don't want to undermine this article, but I do believe there's a po- there's a point when one can take it too far. That somebody just sort of becomes obsessive, compulsive about money saving, and um, you know, my wife is very good at being frugal and living um, living probably beneath her means, and as a result, I do too because she's in charge of the household finances. <laughs> well, so here's what I find about that: you have to take your your health uh, your health expenses into account, and that includes your mental health. Sure, and frankly, having a little bit of the right kind of luxuries will keep your mental health intact sure and um also you know fitness money these sorts of things they're all great until the day you die at which point what good were they to you in the first place so i'd say spend some but we'll we'll talk about it here how to save money the number 855-450-3733 it's 855-450 free here on free talk live Talk live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. It's it's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. In the last segment, we were talking, we began this article, The Frugalite's Ultimate Guide to Living Beneath Your Means. And I, I was kind of taking the uh, defense of spending your money before you die. Mark the Keynesian. I... <laughs> I'm going to abandon that position. In the long position. run, we're all dead anyway. <laughs> I'm going to abandon my position uh, for the purpose of this article because I think the vast majority of people need to hear about frugality and lending uh, and living under their means rather than what it's like to live with somebody who might be a little obsessive about uh, that particular issue. And uh, I've always been a big fan of neither a borrower nor lender be. And most, most especially the borrower part. Yeah, that's a it's a nice place to start. That's difficult because credit is is. is valuable for large purchases in the long run. Credit is definitely well, sophomore level economics, right? Like it's uh, you can get the the freshman stuff right out of the way by, um, <clears throat> excuse me, by not borrowing and doing a, a few basic principles. Yeah, but I'm what I'm saying is if you if you live your life cash only. Right. And don't take out any credit. You know, buy all your big purchases. You save up for it. You're not going to get a loan for a house. Right. It's true. You're going to end up renting forever until you like start get, getting credit cards for something and then building that up. Even if you pay it off. Yeah. You got to leave a little yeah. bit there. Building on credit is definitely worth it for the larger purchases. The thing about that, you have to make sure that you're making more off the purchase. So uh, a lot of people will spend way too much on a car. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not if you're not getting business usage out of it, which most people aren't, I mean, you don't really need the most expensive car. That is true. Whereas, like, uh, you know, property, property, you can actually get out of it what you put into it. Uh, 
once upon a time, uh, the the college degrees that you could get would pay themselves off. Those were actually worth taking in these loans. That's why we have this whole thing where we assume you're taking loans. One point that I used to make on cars, and mind you, I have had a new car for some time, and I am not ready to abandon that particular uh, position. But uh, when I was a younger man, and uh, you know, making ends meet was more important. I was of the opinion, and, and understand that the 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 numbers here are dated, right? But that a thousand dollar car and a hundred thousand dollar car had vanishingly few things different from them. Uh, at the time, a thousand dollar car would have a functioning radio and a um, you know uh, air conditioner and and those sorts of things. Today, perhaps that's a four thousand dollar car. Thanks, Obama and the cash for clunkers. Oh my goodness, uh, taking the uh, taking a, all the used out of the market. Don't, don't even clunkers. get started on that. Muck lunkers, where did you go? Right. I think they're back now. Uh, like they've had a time for the clunkers to replenish. But yeah, but now they've all got computer chips in them. Yes, that's well, the thing. Right, that's the conspiracy theory rabbit well, hole right there. That's not even a conspiracy theory rabbit hole. That is a there are things I can fix in a garage with enough time. My chip is not one of them. The conspiracy theory rabbit hole is that cash for clunkers was designed to get those non-chipped cars off the market. Whether or not that was by design or not, that's what it ended up doing. But they will say, like, no, they they did the cash for clunkers because uh, all the cars have a chip in it and they can track you and, do, you know, and so on and so forth. Well, if so. it's one thing you'll never be sure of, was the government trying to screw this up or did it just accidentally happen? That's the thing. The, the conspiracy theories, they didn't try to screw it up. That's That was the goal, to, to make sure all the cars were chipped and it succeeded. So, I mean, cars have had uh, computers for some time. You've got to go back pretty far to find that, uh, you know, 74 GMC Jimmy or whatever the heck it is. I don't know. Um, And you're going to pay for it in gasoline if you do, because... It's uh, it's going to have a carburetor on it. It's not going to it's you know it's it's going to burn more fuel than everything else. I had a well, I had a '76 Eldorado, and <laughs> that thing got six miles to the gallon. How about mechanical steering wheel and brakes? I don't have any interest in those things either. Really? Okay. No, I don't want any of that stuff. I get it. Like these, uh, you know, the people that are well, look. If you don't fix your own vehicle. car, then it doesn't matter. Right. If I don't fix my own car, you're right. It doesn't matter. What I'm talking about is just that they, you know, the $4,000 car today probably doesn't have much different in it. And as far as reliability and these sorts of things, if you find the right one, admittedly, there are bad $4,000 cars out there. Probably more bad $4,000 cars than there are $40,000 cars. Sure. But um, nonetheless, you know, it's there's a big difference. The eighty twenty rule is in in full effect here in this particular realm. You're getting quite a bit uh, for your four thousand dollars, and not so much more for that other thirty six thousand dollars. I would agree with that on cars. Yeah. Uh, living beneath your mean may not sound like a whole lot of fun. It sounds as though a person doing this is stuffing coffee cans full of dollar bills into spaces in the walls. Darning socks until they simply can't withstand another repair and eating cold beans in a darkened room. <laughs> I don't think anyone listening has ever darned socks. My wife has. <laughs> that is astonishing because she, she it is does. the most ludicrously like repetitive and unnecessary action ever. All right. So let's say she hasn't darned socks, but she has repaired socks with a needle and thread. How's that? That's a little different. Darning, yeah, darning it requires actual knitting, uh, yeah. of re, sort of re-knitting socks. Um, that hasn't been done. Yeah, and given the fact that you can get, you know, 
less than a dollar a piece sucks. Like, yeah. how much is your time really worth? At, you know, this was the bottom of the Great Recession, uh, 2008, 2009, and we had made a commitment to pay off every bill, every debt, everything, and she did it in two and a half years. It was a Herculean task, and I think to some extent that this, this is like this things like darning socks and repairing things were was part of the commitment if not the most efficient act. It definitely reinforces what you're doing. Yes. See, and for the whole Richie Rich thing you asked about earlier, it's an it's an interesting thing that you mentioned, like the whole sock repair, because part of that was I'm no longer going to wear or fix socks with holes in it. I'm going to be in a position where I throw out socks that start to tear or start to rip or whatever. Good call. And I, Richie Rich, can just afford to buy a new pair like it's nothing. Right, and I just put myself in that position. So you got a, that sock money. There's a right. few. But there's it, a few. It, by the way, with sock it money, scales up, man. Sock money. Uh, I mean, there's a few brands out there that say basically you pay way too much for a pair of socks, and you'll never pay for them again. Uh, basically, they if they wear when they wear out, we'll we'll send you another pair. I know Smart Wool's a pair. Um, I, nothing else is coming to the to my mind. Oh, I've got one, but I haven't reached out to them yet. So I'm like, yeah, in I'm, my pocket. I'm holding them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I this might become dated information, given that, like, no one's allowed to have a job anymore or stuff. Uh, but, like, where we're at now, the, the production capacity for socks is such that, like, actually fixing them, just not worth it. Like, you could be making someone else's day better for money and get socks. Yeah. But, you know, if you're stuck at home, not making anyone else's better because you can't have a job, and you go, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Then, yeah, maybe. But, like I said, for for me personally, it was... I no longer, I can, I now can afford to buy socks and it's funny to laugh about, oh, you know, sock, but it scales up into everything I do, right? Like big things come up. I go, I can afford that. And then I just increase my activity or, you know, do more work or offer more services to, to make that up if I need to. Well, I want to go on with this and find out exactly what the uh, Frugal Light has to say about a guide to living beneath your means. Um, the number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. How much do you think that a person should put away every paycheck? What percentage? Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. From news.bitcoin.com. Chinese banks limit customers' ability to buy gold. Chinese flooding and potential dam collapse threatens many Bitcoin operations. Withdrawals from crypto exchanges increase, indicating perhaps more people are holding their coin for themselves. Tentative agreement met to stabilize Bitcoin cash mining in conjunction with the currency's third birthday. Bitcoin.com is your source for getting started with cryptocurrencies, getting a wallet, buying Bitcoin cash, mining, and all the latest cryptocurrency news at news.bitcoin.com. Live. Talking about money. It's Mark with you. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. Speaking of money, there's new money. It's called cryptocurrency. And the advantages of it are that the government can't come and take it from you. Can't inflate it into lesser value as they have been doing here during the pandemic with a 20% increase in the monetary base. Or uh, use it to buy an unknown number of bombs. Yeah, a whole variety of things. Go check out bitcoin.com. 
Bitcoin.com will teach you about the basics right there at the Getting Started tab at the top of the page. You will find out about cryptocurrency. I don't have it sitting here in front of me, the article, but I believe we read an article on the air in the last two weeks that said Citibank predicted that Bitcoin would be worth more than $100,000 a piece by the end of 2021. Sweet. So now you have major banks, world-class banks, making these sorts of predictions. Not there, that we weren't making them here on Free Talk there's Live. There's a lot more money out there. The prices are going to change accordingly. Yep. And this isn't that thing that has a lot more money in it. Like, there's the same number of Bitcoins. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to the price of Bitcoin? Well, it's going to go up. Same thing as everything else. Same as thing as decreases. the grocery store. Yeah. Let's, also, let's also be clear about crypto that not all crypto is not inflationary, and that That's doesn't true. necessarily define crypto. There can be inflationary cryptos. That's true, too. Okay. Right. So Bitcoin.com, go check them out. Learning to live beneath your means can bring you a kind of peace that you never felt before. It can help you survive financial crunches, both large and small. It can teach you to take joy in simpler things instead of always looking for the next thing that will give you a surge of happiness. Let's go to BJ calling in from Wisconsin. BJ, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? All's well. What's on your mind? So, um, last segment, you asked the question. Yeah. What was that question? Uh, my question was, how much money should you put away um, ev- every week uh, as a percentage of your paycheck? Or wh- I guess not every week, uh, every paycheck as a percentage. Um, you know, what did you think? I think you shouldn't put away any. Okay. That seems unwise. It seems what? Un- unwise. Wise. Why? Do Could you tell have- me why? To not have yeah, any savings? Yeah, because you can't take it with you. Okay. How old are you, BJ? 32. How old do you expect to live to? I have no idea. 33? Because if so, then your plan's going to work. I know. But if it's, in fact, 120... Which is possible for the uh, for you know a young person these days. Quite possible that you'll make it to 120. Then you're probably going to want to have some savings. Why? Why do you think? I don't know. I'm asking you. Let, let me take have BJ's. You... Let me take BJ's side on this very okay. briefly because this is this is an argument that illustrates the problem with government money. Right? You are disincentivized to save. Because you lose value by putting it into a general savings account, right? Whatever percent you're getting at your local bank is likely not going to keep up with the government's rate of inflating the currency. I so, burn cash. Well, like, so, so let, me, let, me, let me really, really yeah, simply, let me, let me really lighter. simply say like why, I mean, you're right. You can't take it with you, but let me really simply say why you should have a little bit set away because something is going to happen. That will either be a terrible thing or a wonderful thing, and in either case, you're going to need something to set aside to no, either capitalize on the opportunity Why not? or to like not have your life crash and burn. Why would I? No, no. You said no, you won't. So please, back up the statement. I won't need it because I will say I won't need it. 
Okay, well, I I love a declaration that there aren't summarily dismissed. You're going to be any problems in your life, uh, BJ. But um, I'm just going to presume BJ's trolling and uh, thank him for the call and let him go. Um, But I kind of see that uh, with the points you're making there, Richie, that in fact some people that you know that the government inflates currency at a rate that disincentivizes thrift. Right. So, So if you put money in your savings account. You're not going to get as much value for it five years from now. Sure, right? It's good, great for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Not discounting that, but it's not it's not worth as much later. Well, you do so, need to, so, you spend so it two now. things though. So yeah, emergencies. Number one, like you're something can happen to you that if you have a little set aside, can be a minor blip that will otherwise crash your entire lifestyle. So emergencies. There's also like if I had been wise enough to like follow this advice younger. Uh, and put a little aside, when I knew about Bitcoin, I'd be one of the Bitcoin billionaires. I knew about it early enough. I could have made an absolute killing, and I believed in it then. I just didn't have the the capital to invest. Same here. So I had this opportunity that if I'd had a little bit aside, if I'd just had that little bit left aside for emergencies, I could have thrown some of that into this and... Would you have used it on Bitcoin, though? Because Bitcoin would oh, have yeah. been emergency spending oh, at that yeah. time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, I, the, fact that, uh, the fact that cryptocurrency can actually end war as we know it means that it's absolutely worth the investment. That's a you know sort of libertarian reason to get into it, um, and probably one of the reasons that many of us did early on, but I think that people are looking at it for investment purposes now. The point I would make on this, Richie, is clearly you need to understand how to invest money. But understanding how to invest money is completely worthless knowledge if you have no money. Sure. So you must have money and know how to invest it. So the first important thing is is to put money away so that you have some, so that you can invest it, so that you can make more um, as a as a percentage than the government is inflating the currency. Well, so there, there's also this thing where uh, there are certain philosophical problems that go unsolved for hundreds or thousands of years. Uh, one of them was the generals problem. And cryptocurrency Did actually you... solved a... Uh, no, I can't do it briefly. Okay. But like, suffice it to say that there is this thing that really, really smart people have been trying to figure out for literally thousands of years. And cryptocurrency actually solved the problem. Sure. So when you have something like that where someone actually comes along with a solution that no one thought existed, well, that's an opportunity. And if you can invest in that, then it's going to pay you back more than you invested. Right. My question if to you, you is have something more to like, invest. Right. But you're, you're, my question to you is more, would you dip into emergency funds to, inv- to well, make an investment? Let me, let, let, let me give you an example. Okay, like let's say something came out where I, I can't really give you specifics, but let's say something came out where someone actually solved the hard problem of consciousness. Like we now know where consciousness comes from and there is this particular way that I can invest in that. Yeah. I absolutely would dip into my emergency funds. Uh, I would uh, uh, risk my, my mechanical failures on my vehicle uh, going untended to. If I can invest in that. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. So that's a fair answer. And I don't, I don't know if most people would go like, yes, crypto, I'm going to, I'm going to put my emergency money into an investment opportunity. 
Well, there are people out there that at the peak of the cryptocurrency boom uh, a couple of years ago were mortgaging their houses to and moving out, selling their houses. I remember in, that game. in order to uh, just have some cryptocurrency, and of course, they went down and languished. And uh, I, you know, I wouldn't make that recommendation, but I'm sitting here as a person who quite literally did mortgage their house to take money out on crypto long ago. Okay. So but you understood the risk. And you something makes me think you don't re- you don't uh, regret that. I decision. don't particularly regret that. I mean, it's all about timing in the in the investment. That's and why you shouldn't do it with emergency funds. You do it with your investment funds and then you still have some for an emergency. Yep. Well, I wish I'd had money to uh, invest at that time rather than dipping into uh, Well, yeah. Step 1, get some line. emergency funds cuz you will have a thing go wrong and it can either be a small thing that goes wrong or a big thing that goes wrong. That's step what I'm 2. Step 2, have something you can invest in the future with. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. Not not spend your emergency funds on crypto, per se. I think the most important place to start is to live beneath your means in order to get started. And then we're going to find out more about that here. Way to bring it Come back on. to the earth. That's my job. Uh, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom, here on Free Talk Live. Talk live. Call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. It is Mark with you. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. As in freedom. Want to thank Wild Bill from Seaville. Kind of rhyme. That's a cool name. Yeah, Wild Bill from Seaville. Uh, he's a silver amplifier, and you could be an amplifier too. The reason that people are amplifiers, well, at least the reason we ask them to amplify, is so that we can advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, which is a unique radio program. And so much as rel- other programs don't really let you call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, and so that we consider that supporting freedom of speech, even and, if you're trolling. Yeah. First and, Amendment. And it's getting scarcer and scarcer as we go along. Yeah, yeah. Well, all of the rights are getting scarcer and scarcer. Go to uh, amp.freetalklive.com. That's A-M-P, amp.freetalklive.com if you like rights, too. Let's go to John in Tennessee. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hi, folks. Uh, I think you misunderstood the previous caller, BJ. Uh, it sounded more that he was of the mindset, why save for a rainy day when if you are, we're going to wind up in that AOC uh, utopia, the government's going to take care of everything. I you was thinking he might be going that way, but he wasn't. He was kind of. I asked him if he was going to die next year, and he seemed sort of acted like maybe he was. Ah, uh, moral hazard. Well, hey, dude, didn't you get the drift, man? <laughs> it was. Well, call it me was crazy, but I don't think there's a, a government program yet to fix my car. So, cash for clunkers, just turn yeah. it in. Get you don't one. need. You don't need a car. There's public transportation everywhere, and this is sarcastical because I actually lived overseas for a long, long time when I was working for the Department of Defense. And our public transportation system is doesn't exist. So if you don't have wheels, you don't have a job. You yeah. don't have money. America's about cars. 
And yeah. I don't know how else well, to describe it. <laughs> it's, it's the ultimate freedom. You can get in your car. You can go where and whenever you want. Yep. Don't have to ask so. anybody about it. Don't have to have a, approval from a committee. It's it's a truly oh, yes, individualist technology. License. No, that's true. You, you do need permission in that way. Well, you you, you, you don't you need governmental stamp of approval that you're worthy of operating a vehicle. You know, uh, I, I, I can say with some degree of experience that you can operate a motor vehicle without their permission. It's a little dangerous oh, until you get caught. <laughs> until you get caught, you're right. You've been caught a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. I I've been caught twice. I've only paid for it once. I got away once. <laughs> there you go. Thanks what? for calling, John. Appreciate it. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The eight stuck in my throat there. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Robert calling in from South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, y'all. I just wanted to say two, two, two types of comments. One of them is with regard to transportation. Um, in Germany, there is a high-speed train system, and you can use all the train systems, all the streetcars, all the buses. All you have to do is buy a subscription to the system, and with that system, you can travel uh, very quickly. and without How much is it a month? You know something? I, I left there 15 years ago, and I, I went back and forth until... 12 years ago, and I don't know how much it is anymore, but at that time, it was a, over 350, about $350 for a month, which is really not bad when you consider if you have business all over Germany, it's a perfect way to go, and it'll, actually, it's much cheaper than riding a car back and forth because the price of gasoline in Germany is about four times as high as it is here. And, of course, you also have the maintenance and repair costs for the car, and, of course, the acquisition costs and the insurance costs, and when you add it all up, it comes to a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And it's yeah, much they, ta- they tax the gas pretty heavily over there yeah this is one of yeah. those issues that libertarians wouldn't necessarily object to if it wasn't done by the state right if you want if you wanted to set up the new york subway system was built by um you know individuals it was a uh, free market um but it was bought by the city later well you when you when you've got a lot of things in a small space uh it does make sense to have a, a public transit system I mean, that's that's why you find them in cities. And uh, Germany is, uh, for a country, you know, compared to American standards, kind of small. Well, so you can actually set up something that goes to all of the major parts of Germany uh, relatively cheaply. And yeah, you should do it's, it with, it's a, a, dense, with a business. It's a more densely populated place than the United States is. Hawaii is sure. setting up a monorail, and it's been a boondoggle from the beginning. Well, Hawaii wouldn't even allow a um, uh, one of those, uh, what, the the... Boats that go on air. Um, okay. It wasn't going to do anything. Uh, hydro. Uh, hy- yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. They're, they're a mess over there. Uh, Robert, please go on. Yes. And the other matter that I wanted to bring up is my sister and my mom were involved in research at the NIH um, around the time I got here, but actually before that as well. And uh, they figured out how to uh, reverse the aging process to bring people back to their prime. They didn't do it on people. They did it on animals, on mice, and they had the mice in the middle of the newspaper. And the process is called telomere extension. At that time, I called the press and told everybody about it. But, you know... It, well, the, the, the problem with telomere extension, and, and you, you find this because they, they actually recently found out, and by they I mean uh, Brett Weinstein specifically, uh, recently found out that our, our lab rats have actually evolved to the fact that they're lab rats. Wow. So because they're lab rats, they ended up with these extremely long telomeres. Now, the down, he's absolutely right about the fact that you can uh, change the, the aging process of cells that way. The downside is that when you have really long telomeres, you end up with cancer every time. So, like, lab rats almost always die of cancer. And that's part of why there's this uh, trope going around of, oh, everything gives you cancer. Well, 
kind of. Everything gives lab rats cancer. I don't know, but I'd like to see my telomeres lengthened. I can tell you that much. Go ahead, Robert. Okay, well, anyhow, the problem is that the ends of the telomeres, they, they, they dissipate and unravel over time. And this is called, and, and the, the process is called extension. In German, it's telomere verlängerung. But, but, but it basically is to re-ravel the ends of the telomeres. The problem is that the, that the, 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 the chromosomes are those bars in the double helix, and they touch the edges, and, and, they, and they, they, like I say, they unravel. And the idea is to get them to re-ravel. And they got the idea from, the, from cancer cells, because cancer cells know no aging. So, but they, they didn't get it to the point of of figuring out how to how to not get for sure not carry cancer over. Otherwise, you could actually get cancer from the process, possibly. So they hadn't gotten that far yet, well, and then the government and, closed and, it down and swept another run. And cellularly, that's why telomeres are not usually like these enormous long things is so that when they do get cancer, an individual cell or even a couple of cells that gets cancer can essentially age itself to death. And then you don't have a metastasizing cancer in your body. Yeah, uh, I mean, pretty much everybody's got some level of cancer in their body at some oh, point. Oh, yeah, we've right? all had cancer. Right. Everyone's had cancer. It's an it's interesting just that point. The body usually kills it. Thank you for the call, Robert. Appreciate that. Let's go to John in Virginia. John, you're on Free Talk Live. I would like to talk about the first libertarians. The first libertarians? There was a young American Irish actor from Virginia who went to Washington, D.C., He was also a painter. He splatter-painted Ford Theater in 1865 with a big Republican tyrant's head. So you think that uh, John Wilkes Booth was a libertarian? Yes. I agree. We're the first libertarians. (laughs) Okay. Um... Uh, it's, defend the statement. It's not usually in the history books, but he actually uh, uh, shouted six Semper Tyrannis uh, directly afterward. Right. But um, well, every the people that are right, uh, thus always to tyrants. Um, but the people that are tyrants are often to most people just the political leaders with whom they disagree. I don't know. I have never heard the claim, John, that John Wilkes Booth is a libertarian. Um, and, you know, well, look at the Confederacy. They supported free enterprise. They supported slavery, which is pretty fundamentally against... Um, so did the Union. You're forgetting Lincoln owned slaves, Grant owned slaves. Lincoln owned, owned slaves? slaves? Lincoln was an abolitionist. No, he was not. No, <laughs> Lincoln, Lincoln actually... There were different types of Lincoln specifically stated repeatedly that he never thought that any black person could ever serve on a jury or gain full citizenship. I think he was the sort of abolitionist that wanted to see blacks return to Africa. Um, and well, we'll, yeah, we'll, he did want that, but you see, Jefferson so Davis, Robert yeah. Edward Lee, Thomas J. Jackson, John Wilkes Booth, a lot of Confederate leaders were abolitionists. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Davis actually Most adopted a black kid. Like, you know, square and, that circle. And then you see also in the Union, they killed a black kid for swimming on the wrong side of the beach in the South. My uncle grew up during segregation. He had black friends. Well, I'm not sure that you made the point that John Wilkes Booth was an, uh, was a libertarian. He had one Again, libertarian act. The, the Confederacy supported free enterprise. The thing and we know about him was very libertarian. Yes. <laughs> um, I Okay. Uh, so the Confederacy supported free enterprise. I'll, I, I mean, I'll take your word for it. There what does that have to do with John Wilkes? There wasn't much besides free enterprise at the time anyway um, in the States. The Confederacy supported free and open arms trade. Okay. Well, um, I'd like to hear more uh, over time uh, regarding this point, but I'm going to have to let you go. Thanks for the call. 
855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. I don't reject the notion. I've just never heard it before. 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Divi's been a pretty good investment for Free Talk Live. Their ad campaign started in September 2019, and from mid-March to mid-July, the value soared by 10 times. It's not too late. Divi's new wallet hasn't even released yet, and other things are happening that I can't even say on the radio. If you want to invest and potentially do well, go to DiviProject.org. I can tell you that FTL is deepening its partnership with the guys from DiviProject.org. Past performance is not an indication of future profit. DiviProject.org. D-I-V-I Project.org. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves because that's what we do on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you, Nicholas Mountaineer, and Richie Rich. 855-450-3733. Guys, let's get right into the phone calls. We'll get back into the ultimate guide for living beneath your means here in just a moment. Alex from Milwaukee. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark. Uh, I see you're back on Free Talk Live. It's been a while since I've seen you on the show. Well, I think uh, I was on Saturday. I was on Tuesday, uh, Thursday. I think it was Wednesday and Thursday. Um, oh, I just—I knew you took a leave of absence for a while, so it's, I've just been starting to listen to the show again, which okay. it's really amazing because <laughs> you're the first Jew to come back from camp. You know, that's a long gated vacation at Auschwitz you took. I went to Auschwitz? <laughs> yeah, you grimy little filthy Jew rat. Oh, you're the guy that doesn't like Jews. No, I'm the guy that asked you, you know, if you of get a all, uh, Of all the hosts to pick on for their Judaism... <laughs> You would not be at the top of my list. Uh, my libertarian is a Bitcoin. Yeah, we're currency. Yeah. Did you have a point, Alex? Yeah. Did you get that rhinoplasty for your wife so you could dethrow her? Because her chew nose is so big. It makes that impossible. My wife isn't Jewish. Are you sure about that? I yeah, Alex, I'm sure time. about that. You mouth-breathing dullard? Yes, <laughs> I am sure. Another one? Two mouth-breathing dollars well, now. stupid is stupid. Okay. <laughs> oh, he hung up on me. I thought uh, that was reserved. Like, come on, man. We but did he, 23 and me. I know what she... But he had such a great intellectual position. I can't believe he didn't want to stick around to defend it. She's Swiss. I mean, what? <laughs> Ridiculous. I didn't drop that guy, ladies and gentlemen. Did not drop him. You could have. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't have been, wouldn't well, have been bad. What was the point of the call? I'm not entirely sure. Obviously, he hasn't been listening for some time because I've been yeah. on the ship. I, I don't know when I, he's talking about the leave of absence. Exactly. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to be very disappointed. Well, when that you time you went to Auschwitz, Auschwitz, you remember. Right, right. I don't know. It could have been. You could have visited. Maybe you've been on vacation. I have never been to Auschwitz. You. Okay. Yeah. Even if you did, who cares? Or Dachau yeah. or uh, Apparently, you were homesick for a past life because you're a Jew. Yeah. You know, in your soul, not your body because, yeah. Yeah, I'm so little Jewish that... Uh, that 23 and me is is not even certain that it's so. So you admit you're a Jew. Well, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were a Rothschild. <laughs> Burn him! <laughs> I, I'll bet you, if you, the, the, for the people that do decide to take... There's a lot of people who take these, these uh, little quizzes and find out, huh, surprise, 
there's a little something here, a little something there, because people have been jumping the fence for a long time. The My favorite is when invention. they're famous racists and they find out that they're like part Jewish and part black. That is fun, yeah. That so, is hilarious. I have no desire to take those things because I don't want to give up that information because it may find its way to the government hands. Fine. I'll be in conspiracy theory there. But at the same time, like my birth certificate says like Portuguese and Chinese. And when I grow my beard out, there's like red in my beard. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, my mom sees it and I go like, so what's the deal with the red? And she goes, well, your grandfather might be a little bit Irish. We just don't know. And I went, okay, so none of this matters anyway. What difference does it make? And then I stopped caring. I would largely agree that it, lo- it mostly doesn't matter. Um, that the best value to these things is sort of occasionally, occasionally you can find something useful to be like, okay, what is the diet that my ancestors have adapted to or something like that, but largely useless. Right. Are we moving on? Yeah, please. Let's uh, jump into it. All right. We're going to jump ahead just a little bit to, to get into the, the actual steps. Uh, so how do you get from a lifestyle in which every dime goes out to one in which there's money left over each month? Here are some tips to help you make the transition to a more peaceful financial lifestyle. Many of these tips will work even if you've already begun having financial problems, but a few are preventative measures that are geared towards making a lifestyle change when you aren't yet under the gun. Hmm. Number one, assess your budget. Uh, The first thing you have to do is get a clear picture of what money goes out each month. If you use a debit card for everything, this is incredibly easy. If you use cash or a combination, you'll need to spend at least a month taking notes of where your money is going. Print out your records for the past two to three months, then plug the numbers into a spreadsheet. Uh, Then they link to an article that has 10 different styles of budget spreadsheets that are free. Pick the one that looks like it will work best for you. Uh, Not the debt reduction ones, though. Save that for later. And this is the thing about the budget budget conversation that, uh, that they never have. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not ready to take the time to put together a, your budget like and look at your budget as it actually exists today, you're not ready to be independent uh, to be financially free. You're not ready to be independently wealthy. You're not ready. You are basically a high schooler set loose on the world. I mean, you're just not ready. You have to be you have to take the responsibility of actually writing the budget down, not something in your head writing it down or typing it out or whatever it has to exist in reality and so you know what this stuff is and if you're not willing to take those steps you're not ready for any of this now i've known a lot of friends that were very surprised when they actually took account of what their expenses are i think everybody's very surprised i'm spending that much on this yeah i don't even like it that much right (laughs) i know i i put everything on a credit card to get the points and so when it's time to like pay that bill that's when I see where all the money went. And on a good month, a lot of it is just like gas and food. Yeah. Right. Cause I, you know, I, I come gotta out have to gas, here. gotta have food. Right. Well, I come here for the meetups usually on Sundays. And then there's one in Manchester that I go to. So I'm always like, I eat out twice a week and I try to maximize that, you know, maybe one off with the wife here or there. And then, you know, gas to get to and from work. Yeah. Eating out is one of the biggest expenses that people have. It really is. It takes what is. A pretty cheap proposition food, mind you, getting more expensive at the grocery store and amplifies it like five times. Yeah. And so, I mean, you better really enjoy it when you do it. <laughs> well, and for, it's a social thing, right? Yeah, like, sure. I'm going to go hang out with friends. Those are the days that I do it. 
And so, you know, it's built into that for me personally. Figure out how many dollars not cooking and not doing the dishes is worth. Yeah. Yeah. Once this is done, you'll have a clear picture of where your money is going. This can be a painful step, but essential. Step number two, calculate your fixed expenses. Uh, Your fixed expenses are the baseline of your budget. Isn't that part of the budget? Yeah. Okay. It could be. Well, you got to assess, right? Number one is assess. Yeah. Yeah. Like step one is just look at it. Yeah. Just look at what are the numbers and where are they going? Okay. And then step two is to sort of filter it down and be like, okay. What do you have to have? Yeah. Right. These are the expenditures that don't, for most people, change from month to month. Uh, Bills like car payments, rent, mortgages, insurance, gym membership, cell phone bills, cable internet, you get the idea. You may not have all those bills. It not if if that if not that's great. If so, you may want to make some adjustments. You need to know this magic number to set your budget. This number may not be final, so we'll discuss below. But it's important to know uh, if you lost your job right this minute, how much your output would be. Yeah, uh, hopefully you don't have cable, right? <laughs> uh, Unfortunately for me, uh, you know, I could get out of this if we wanted to, but part of our uh, rental agreement mm-hmm. is that we have to maintain uh, a relationship with the cable company. Like, why? It's it's part of the rental. It's can, part of the can my rent. relationship be respectful distance? <laughs> I would have to move, so it's well within my choice to then move and find a new place to live. That but is a lo- weird but as long thing as we to ask rent your that renters. apartment. We have to maintain. We have to maintain. Like, are a they getting a, Are they getting a kickback from Probably. the cable company? Probably. That's why oh. it's there. But it's there, and that's I have of, never heard of such a thing. You can read my lease if you want. So, is that is the cable company the one that gives you your internet? Because a lot of times, people's excuse or reason or whatever the situation is is that, look, cable's fifteen dollars more on top of my internet connectivity. We have chosen to get internet from the cable company. Well, yeah, get, why not? If you have to get the bundle, yeah. but it's not mandated that we get internet. Just, I'm pretty just sure that, that base cable. Base. I'm pretty sure that's got to be the number one reason that anyone has cable. Is just because their their internet company bundles it in. Yeah. Well, and usually they, it's always pitched as a cost savings, right? Get your cable, phone, and internet from the same company, and you get the bundle deal rather than spreading it out. Right. Um, we used to have. I, I lived out in the country um, when we cut the the cord. We had like Dish, so we could watch stuff and those kind of yeah. things. It's like sixty dollars a month. Ten years ago, uh, more than ten years ago. Well, cutting that out and just going to. Uh, Amazon Prime for it, what was I think it was six dollars a month on average or eight dollars a month. It was a so, huge. It's sale. like ten dollars a month now, so one hundred twenty for the year. It, right, it's not it's not as uh, low cost as it was. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free as in Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. 855 450 3733. It's 855 For years here on Free Talk Live, people were asking us, hey, is there some kind of directory of libertarian businesses so that we can do business with the people that we you know, want to do business with? Well, we partnered with Liberty.menu to bring you just that. So it's a tool for our community, and at its core, it's a directory for events, businesses, and digital content. Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social networking aspect to it, so there you can connect and share with others. Use of Liberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force, 
and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. And when I say use, anybody could go look at the businesses there, but you must uh, you must agree with the uh, the non-aggression principle. You know that. You won't use aggression to solve your problems, basically, um, in order to make a listing there at Liberty.menu. So put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu and use code FTL. You get a special badge because it's free. We can't make it any less. So it's Liberty.menu code FTL. Let's go to looks like Tyler calling in from Missouri. Tyler, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello, Tyler. What can I do for you? Uh, I think. Uh, I think you're a lying, snobby little Jew. Okay, so you wanted to say the word Jew? Yes, and fuck niggers. LRN.FM When, what happens when idiots decide to say naughty, the, the wordy dirds on the radio is that everything they said for second seven seconds is gone. I love so, how calm you are when you move to push the button. Like, yeah. you, you take the full seven seconds. To- I got it. It's fine. <laughs> gone. Um, there are two buttons, by the way. We have two uh, No, two I saw buttons. you. Yeah. So let's go to Rick calling in from Ohio. Rick, you're on Free oh. Talk Live. Hey, I'm a big fan of the show. How are you doing? All's well. What's on your mind? So Halloween is coming up, and uh, my last year, my little cousin um, came to my house, trick-or-treated, and he had a little gold star on his pajamas. All right. So my danger here, as far as uh, you know, more Jew jokes, is that uh, I haven't let the dump button build all the way up. Yep. So I'm not going to play this game with, uh, with Rick this evening. Um, but thank you for the call, Rick. Appreciate that. Space out your troll calls. Yeah. Well, I mean, I really uh, probably shouldn't have gone to it in the first place until the uh, the whole thing had built up. But, you know, these things do happen. Uh, let's see. Speaking of trolls, let's see what uh, if this is, in fact, the, the James uh, from Arizona. James, you're on Free Talk Live. You can call me whatever you want on the national airwaves, as long as I can have the last word. But How would you do I that? Talk, I mean, it's it's like just as I'm just as I'm not a liar as you are, and okay, I'm a liar. the proverbial dump button. St. Pete won't have any problem hitting it when you finally have to answer Who's Pete? for being Saint a preacher that lies. St. Peter, oh. the guy that and has the king. And mountain to... man, I should love to tell you why I wish our government would put a full metal jacket in Mark Edge. And I mean this with the utmost sincerity. Hmm. You not want an assassination. I, I do not doubt you, your Mark sincerity Edge. on that belief. Yeah, Mountain Man, you're hanging out with a piece of. of- okay. <laughs> not going to take any chances on that. Uh, James uh, did, did have a little cussing going on uh, last week or something when he called in. So there you go. Ah, well, it's been a lot of fun here uh, taking uh, just a bunch of troll calls this evening. Go ahead. What can you do? All yeah. right. Uh, step three. What are your bad habits? After you plug in your numbers... Just just, just one quick note. Sure. I mean, yes. I, I really do think that these people have great aspirations. Who's these people? Well, the trolls. Okay. Someday they, they want to be president of the United States. <laughs> Perhaps. And they have a leader, uh, an example of set. For the Clearly family. it can happen to you. After you plug in your numbers and you can see there, see them there in black and white... It's this time, is the budget. Right. What right. are your uh, assessing your bad habits at this point okay. after you've calculated your fixed expenses and assessed your budget? So okay. step three. Uh, it's time for a grim dose of reality. What you're taking a look at first are those little random expenditures that siphon away muddle money subtly. 
uh, the $5 here, the $10 there, you may discover that you spend three to $400 each month for a daily lunch out that didn't seem like much in individual increments. Yeah. But when you add up the daily $5 drive through coffees and an afternoon bottle of water ends up exceeding $500 a month, half a thousand, lots of money. Yes. Um, a so, lot of people do not want to hear this information that somehow they're like, hey, you know, if I'm spending uh, you know, three dollars on a cup of coffee at Starbucks, it has nothing to do with the wealthy elite that are controlling the world. Right. Like it just immediately it's an intro for. But look, I, I get it. You want to have your coffee. That's fine. The fact of the matter is that in an econ- in a debt based economy, and that's what we have. That's what all the economies are in the world right now in a debt based economy. Thrift. That's the ability to save money. Thrift is a superpower. And I'm not kidding you when it comes to that. This, if you continue to make, you, you stack up good decisions over the course of months that then become years, you will, you really can. People say you can't move out of your social strata. Those people do not know the numbers. They have not spent any time. They wish to control your life. They wish to kill your, your drive so that they can be right. Now, I've, I've heard a, an alternate case for this because a lot of the how you save money is you just cut out that cup of coffee, right? It, it, it assumes and presumes well, that everyone is – That you're drinking with, the coffee. Right. Oh, but right. what if you're not? Like what if you don't have that you know, daily expense to cut out? Well, there, there is definitely a point there in like how many people are actually going to go, oh, well, if it's three bucks for a cup of coffee, that's a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. I could probably do something better with that and brew my own coffee. You could. Yeah. But there, there are those that, you know, they go like, well, I'm not even drinking the coffee. Yeah. Right. How am I? Where well, am I supposed to cut five dollars it, a day? It's the go to example. It. It's the go to example. Right. And and what you're reading right there is the actual method of finding out. Like, yeah. you you are spending more money than you think on things that you haven't thought about spending money on. And when you actually look at your expenses, that's when it becomes clear. Right. And this again, this is uh, what I talked about earlier with, you know, solving, um, you know, higher money level problems, right? Like if you solve a $500 problem once, you know how to do that. You never have to do that again. And one of the things I realized at one point in time with, without doing this method was, you know, solving that problem. Someone said like, Oh, spend money on this. And I go, you know what? I'm going to, because I see, I can see some value in this. And you know what? I know in my life, that I've wasted a lot more money than that on dumb things that did absolutely nothing for me. Why wouldn't I spend it on something that has the proposition of gaining, giving me value in my life and making things better? Uh, maybe you smoke or drink alcohol outside the home on a regular basis. So do, drink alone. <laughs> you have to now. Uh, do what you're going to do. I'm not here to tell you to stop smoking or drinking. By the but, way, does smoking outside the home versus smoking inside the home cost any less? I, I think they were referring to uh, if you if you buy your booze, it is a, a like a, a staggering amount less expensive than sure. going to the bar. Right. If you were to buy, you can you can go get yourself a case of uh, PBR, um, and it's going to be far less. As- than going to the bar and even getting the cheapest beer that they have on tap. And there are social smokers who only smoke when they go out and drink and party with friends. That's true. Yeah. 855-450-3733. That's a good way to get hooked to smoking. But uh, yeah, 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. And people have definitely been doing that tonight. It's Mark with you. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. 855-450-3733. From mid-March through mid-July, Divi, uh, the easy-to-use cryptocurrency that we've been promoting here on Free Talk Live, has increased, had increased, increased by over 10 times. Now, nothing's in stopping Divi from increasing exponentially again. In fact, that's their goal. Divi's price jumped 10 times in correlation with their release of their beta wallet. Now, I don't know. Uh, this was a closed beta. I don't know if that's the reason. They don't know what the reason is. Look, it went up by 10 times, and that's the reality. When the wallet goes out of beta, will it go up further? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but I know that Free Talk Live is currently quite happy about our decision to hook up with Divi a year ago. And you can go to DiviProject.org and begin earning Divi by starting a masternode or staking Divi. They even have a lottery for the people that are staking the coin. Opportunity has knocked here every day on Free Talk Live. We've talked about Divi. And that's since last September. Are you going to answer? DiviProject.org. D-I-V-I. DiviProject.org. All right. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Got Joe oh, Bob. Joy. Joe Bob in West Virginia listening on his phone. Joe Bob. Joe Bob. What? What's on your mind? Oh, nothing much. How's it feel to be a dancing Israeli? And how's it feel to destroy seven towers for the prostitute in 2001? I can't understand a thing he's saying. Can you? I heard, I heard the word Israeli. And yeah, I heard, it. how does it feel to be a dancing Israeli? I don't even know what that means. And then I heard the red, red, right. I dumped a little bit of it because I, I, I there was just vowel sounds that bothered me. Okay. <laughs> you know, we got radio stations to protect here. At least there weren't uh, vowel I, sounds. I don't think there was content in in that. There, right. there may have been something horrible, and there definitely wasn't content. Thank you for the call, Joe Bob. And by thank you, I mean pound a turnip in your butt. Um, please, if you're listening and you're not a troll, please call in so we can take your call instead. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Proof that you can get on and talk about whatever you want, ladies and gentlemen. So I did want to uh, just say one quick thing about uh, uh, things like uh, Divi. Uh, it has been told to me that uh, uh, past performance is no promise of pu- of future profit. It's the truth. And that applies to most things, but it does not apply to my personal budget and what I'm earning. And on that note. Nearly everyone discovers that they have at least one bad spending habit in this part. Don't beat yourself up. This part is putting together a budget. Uh, setting your bad ha- finding out what your bad habits but are. But that's out of the budget. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not part of setting your budget. It's looking at your budget right. and finding out which are which are the expenses that can go. Right. Yeah, it's step 1, collect the information. 
Like right. actually write down what you're spending. Step two, parse the information. Step two is uh, fixed. You're expenses. jumping ahead to step three. <laughs> we're on step three. This is the step oh, we're two. on step three. Step three is the bad habit. Step two is calculate fixed expenses. So yeah. rent, cars, that's part of more. parsing, right? Mm. And then step three is lo- still looking at the budget that you've assessed and going like, well, what are these other things? Mm. Like the the smoking, the drinking, the you know the soda pops. Uh, don't beat yourself up. Just fix it. Imagine what your life would be. Like with the money you blow on cigarettes, drive through coffee, giant fountain sodas, and happy hour tucked away waiting to help you through an emergency. Right. And and you can, for instance, uh, I smoked for many years, and uh, my preference was to smoke those cheap cigar gas, sta- gas station cigars. Well, you could pay what you wanted to pay for them. And sometimes I paid way too much because I ran out. But if I planned ahead, I could buy a big box of 50 or I could you know, find the cheapest place in town and buy a bunch extra. And it's, the, the effective thing is, is buying well, the carton, right? And, that, the and that's the thing. You're, you were addicted to nicotine. Yes. Everyone's addicted to food. <laughs> well, yes. I don't know if addicted is even the right term, but yes. Uh, I, well, no, I mean the behavior. Like, okay, you, you said it right there. If you can plan ahead, then you can actually like set this, self, uh, set this thing on a, a timeline and be like, okay, now I've got all of this taken care of, but... If you find yourself suddenly hungry and you don't have anything in the fridge, then you're going to go out. You're going to buy a meal that's going to cost you more than you really bargained for. Fair. Unless you give up some of your bad spending habits and replace them with something more fiscally responsible, it's going to be tough to live beneath your means. Right. I suppose you can put a budget together, uh, look at everything on the budget, and then not make any changes. And But, I mean, honestly, it's hard to look at the budget and not say... Oh, yeah, this is the sore point. Right. <laughs> this is the thing that's causing problems. Well, and again, for me, with you know, with eating out at restaurants, like that's in my budget. It's not going anywhere because it's part of my weekly socializing with friends. That I like. Yeah, right. I so, would say that, um, you know, that that falls into you got to live life, um, you know, right. to some extent, well, yeah. too. So someone who says, here's how many times I eat out per week or per month. They are going to be a lot better at this than someone who just finds themselves in the situation and decides to eat out for the for that meal. Yeah, and it you know it happened to me and my wife um, last night. She's like, "Hey, do you want to go out to you know some Greek restaurant in town?" And I looked in the fridge. I'm like, "There's like so many takeout boxes of leftovers." Yeah, Time why would here. we even do that? Let's just you know. And so we made the leftovers food and we ate at home. So we saved. Probably 30, 40 bucks last night, not eating out at whatever restaurant she wanted to go to. Uh, step four, start slashing. Now it's time to start slashing those expenditures like Jack the Ripper on a foggy London night. Getting rid of those bad habits. Is- <laughs> What's wrong with this lady? <laughs> I thought you'd jump in. I like, to, I like <laughs> to think of my budgeting as serial killing. <laughs> I even paused it for more a longer period of time to let you. I, it took me a second. <laughs> Getting rid of those bad habits is probably one of the easiest ways to cut spending. Find a substitute that costs less. This can be a process. Not everything. Not everything has to be cold turkey, especially if you aren't in a bind. If times are tight, though, you may want to be more relentless and immediate in your cost cutting. Drive through coffee. Get a thermos and doctor up your coffee at home, just how you like it, with the perfect amount of cream and sugar. A good thermos can be purchased for about the cost of a week of drive through coffees, like flavored coffees, and then they link to a list of 25 flavored creamers you can easily make at home. Uh, lunch is out. If lunch out with your office mates is something you do every day and you're completely unwilling to give it up, 
you can work out cutting uh, the cost. Yeah, Take I a- think that lunches and coffee are often a great uh, you know way to to cut costs. I'm amazed at how much like my coworkers would eat out for lunch every day. It took me so one th- one of the problems was is I would make lunch some time to take into work. I'd usually eat it uh, on the way to work, or, <laughs> or or I'd eat it by ten, and then I was like, oh, it's time to eat. Then lunchtime rolls so, around, and you're hungry. I've just yeah. eaten two meals. So I'm a long term coffee addict, mm-hmm. and uh, because I'm not an idiot, I've figured out how to have a thermos full of coffee the way I like it. Every now and again, I'll screw up. And I won't have enough coffee or I, I just won't get my act together quick enough. And I am just shocked at how much people pay for coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is really expensive. I, I mean, it was expensive years ago. It can't, can't have got any less. I, I, was, I had a long streak of having never purchased a Starbucks coffee. Like that was like, I was proud of that. Like I will drink a Starbucks coffee. Someone goes like, hey, dude, go to Starbucks. But I had never purchased one. Uh, until my wife again wanted to go to Starbucks and oh forgot her wallet, so I'm like, man, you just you just ruined my entire streak of having <laughs> never spent money for this expensive nonsense. Well, I'm, I I think that you could just call that giving money to your wife. Yeah, your money's fungible, so yes, I I could justify it out. But yes, I stood or I could just say that your your wife's money that she's been spending on Starbucks all these all this time. None has, of your, your justifications right. will remove that memory from his mind. Right, I'm <laughs> standing there waiting, staring at the board and going four fifty. Are you kidding? For me? a small. <laughs> Yeah, I stood in line. I think that's I called a large. Yeah. <laughs> I think their small is called a large. I'm not sure it's an Grande. Italian. Grande. It changes. Uh, where was I? Take a morning and afternoon snack to the office uh, and then get something small at lunch instead of a full meal. And Mark, you got some carrots sitting on the table, so that's a nice little Carrots snack. will fill you up. I love carrots. And they are quick and easy. Yeah, yeah just grab them out of the, the bag. Um, you you got to wash them ahead of time, but you know, usually they're... yeah. Start a home garden. Just pull it right out of the ground on your way to the car. Dirt don't hurt. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about, here on the air, how you can cut expenses and have more money. And I think it's one of these articles that, frankly, everybody can benefit from to some extent or another. Because as the author said, you put together a budget, you take a look at that budget, and we've all got bad habits. Yep. And right now we're going through some of those bad habits, some ways to uh, to solve them. It's Mark with you. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. All right, guys. No promises. We're going to the phones. Johnny in Kentucky. Johnny going once. Johnny going twice. Well, I don't know what's going on there with Johnny. Uh, let's just go ahead and read the list. All right. Uh, so the last one was uh, cutting back on lunches out, and then they listed this one as a separate one. Bring your own lunch. Uh, it's even better if you brown bag it instead of going out for a more frugal lunch. When I worked outside the home, I packaged up leftovers every night into a container. I could take to work the following day. Uh, then all I had to do was grab and go in the morning. Bonus, 
what you bring from home is probably going to be far healthier than what you'd get at a restaurant. Generally, that's true. If you're eating at home, you're generally eating a healthier meal. Restaurants know the uh, secret to getting people to come back to restaurants, and that is fat, salt, and sugar. Yeah, if they can put a pound of butter in one serving of mashed potatoes, they will. Yeah. Well, because that'll make you go back to their restaurant. It's delicious. Whereas, you know, when you eventually die, eh, it's not that many fewer of uh, customers. <laughs> um, I will say one thing about uh, making your own meals, and this is just a, a strange universal for, like, saving money and, like, uh, dealing with the whole, like, time-to-money-saved ratio. It is almost exactly the same amount of time to cook for one person as a hundred people. Well, that's why people meal prep now, right? They make they make all their meals for the entire week, like on a Sunday or a Saturday, and then they do that. They container it up, and then they just they have their food for the week. It's a good way to do it. I yeah. mean, we have freezers and Tupperware. Yep. Let me try these phones again here. Okay. Uh, maybe it was the board op not turning things up. Johnny, you're on Free Talk Live. I'm not hearing anything. Let's go to Justin, who's calling in from Utah. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, you know it's trying to let coons in our schools, right? Now, All right, look. He must be a Biden supporter. You know, I knew they got into the trash, but I didn't know they got into the schools. <laughs> I really, like, like. let's just keep the race, racial slurs. Uh, I mean, guys, look, I get it. Y'all want to call in and do dumb voices on the radio. Booba booey, booba booey. Right, it's it's funny. Yeah, no one's ever done that before. Right, um, I'm... Do the voice without the racial slurs? Ra- racial slurs are, are a good way to get your phone cut real short. Johnny, you, gonna, you got anything for me, man? All right, go ahead. Now, when it comes to smoking here, I just want to go through this list here, because I, I, I mean, the ladies going through it or whatever smoking buy cartons not uh packs obviously you gotta you can go online there's ways to get your cigarettes or cigars or whatever you're smoking uh, more cheaply than you're currently getting uh you need to buy larger amounts so that you know i'm not talking about a truckload but you need to have larger amounts and yes you should quit you know it's the number one killer on the planet and it's it's not going to be great for you. Whatever. And that's an easy way to do a replacement thing is if you can go, okay, here's a thing I wish I had money for. Not not a huge, huge thing, but like something that I wish I could afford, like uh, the new iPhone or whatever. And you actually do your budgeting and you're like, oh, wow, I'm a pack-a-day smoker and that is really killing my budget. I'm going to cut down to a half a pack a day smoker yeah. or, or, or an 80% a week. of a pack a day smoker. <laughs> right. And I'm just going to put that much aside. And all of a sudden you can have that thing that you wanted. Like that'll give you more motivation to do something that is already motivating. you. Yeah. If you're a drinker and uh, you go out to the bar four or five days a week to meet girls, Whatever the reason you go to the bar, you get alcohol is the reason one goes to a bar. Um, you, may, you may meet girls. Then, um, you know, consider figuring out other, uh, you know, ways to procure your your habit. We all have habits. I'm not uh, here to tell you they're bad ones. Water. I'm kind of curious about this one. Um, so it's like every time you go to a gas station, you buy a bottle of water. I mean, usually they're not that much, but I'm just trying to figure out. So this is well. That's exactly the thing. None of it's that much. Yeah. None of it's that much. But over time, like the the fact that you didn't get a cup of water at home, which was free, 
but instead you got a bottle of water when you picked up gas. Yeah, and you can get it at the grocery store and just have your regular water bottle. You know, so a, a gallon of water at the grocery store is like seventy cents. Right. So this is another area again for me personally that talking with the wife about because I have a you know a water filter at home, like a pure filter to get tap water filtered at mm-hmm. home. Uh, my wife buys so like bottled water from the store. And she's upgraded her bottled water to like these, you know, giant gallon jugs. They're not the smart waters that she used to buy. And I go, well, as long as you're going to be buying like gallons of just regular water and you don't want to drink the filtered water that we have in the fridge, you know, what else can we do? So I went on Amazon. I found one of those little, you know, pumps for the five to three, three to five gallon jugs that just pours water from the big one. Yeah. And I go, well, if that's what you're going to do, you can fill up, you know, a three gallon jug or, um, you know, a five-gallon jug at Walmart for like 40 cents a gallon. So spend the money up front for the pump and the big old plastic jug. And then instead of, you know, three bucks or whatever for the one gallon, you're paying two bucks for five gallons. And here's one. So, like, there are people that are addicted to soda pop. Like, it's a thing. Sure. So It's got caffeine in it. It's addictive. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's not terribly obvious, but hey, you can actually get one of those soda machines. They're not that expensive. One of the ones, the Soda Stream kind of soda yeah. machines that make, yeah, uh, yeah. where, where you get, they are. Your, you get yeah. your your CO two cartridge, and you just you you put in whatever kind of soda you want the the syrup to be, and you just make your soda. Or um, the store of those, they're not as good. I, I, I'm sorry. Well, well uh, I haven't had it's one. An, it's an opinion. I I drink uh, seltzer. <laughs> Okay. Uh, with uh, you know some flavoring in it is generally what I do. It's a. It might be closer to that. Well, yeah, it's it's more like that. Yeah. If you can bring yourself down from Coca Cola to Kroger brand cola, that's what I, yeah. my my suggestion was. Then that's a worthwhile investment. Personally, I just really like having carbonated water. It's delicious. Yeah. But but that's one of those things where if you do it that way, you have an upfront investment and you will save a lot of money over time. All right. Skip it to number five. Can you cut any of your fixed expenses? This is where you can really make a huge difference in your budget. Can any of your fixed expenses be reduced? Maybe your mortgage or car payment can be refinanced at a lower interest rate to get you better payments. Maybe you need to move to a less expensive home or area. Maybe you need to get a car that you can pay cash for. Perhaps your insurance costs could be lowered with a different company. Do you actually need cable? Maybe you could switch to Netflix for the annual cost of a one month of cable. Yeah, the cord cutting was a big deal for us. We saved a lot of money uh, by doing that. We went through and looked at sort of cell phone plans, what we could uh, cut, um, you know, and all those yep. those things. And we were able to do that. And it was part of the whole formula that got our house paid off in two and a half years. And I look, I'm. I get that there are rich and powerful people in the world and that they're taking a larger and larger piece of an ever-growing pie. I got it. However, America is still a country where you can go from the lowest quintile to the middle quintile, and you you can control that. Yep. And middle class is a lot better place to be than low, low class. Yep. And... For- now, getting up to upper middle class, that takes some more work and those kind of things, but you can... But doable. Yeah, it's yeah. doable. For the cell, for me, for the cell phones, uh, I, I have a prepaid phone and a prepaid phone plan. It doesn't have much data, but at the same time, I don't, I'm always around Wi-Fi and I don't really use that much data to begin with. Right. Well, and, and those are things that, like, whether it's your insurance or your phone plan, you're getting exactly what you already have, 
But, you know, saving 10, 20, 50 bucks, that, that adds up real quick. All right. Number six, get rid of debt. One of the best ways to live within your means is to purchase things when you have the money to do so, not when you have a handy payment plan. Many of us already have a heavy debt load. If you have to borrow money to get something, you cannot afford that thing. My dad told me that you should always pay cash for everything, but if you can't, the only things you should ever borrow money for are cars and homes, and then pay them off as fast as you can. Uh, NerdWallet reported that in 2016, the average American family owed $16,748 in credit card debt. The scariest part of that is that most credit card uh, credit cards carry a whopping interest rate of more than 20%. Yeah, the people that uh, that that pay credit for furniture from some of these uh, furniture stores, you know, these rent center kind of things. Oh my God, I would never imagine that furniture's free. You just, I mean, practically, just go down to the you know Goodwill. Yep. 855-450-3733. It's eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. Peakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. And let's go right to the phones. We've got Paul calling in from Pennsylvania. This has been so much fun with the phones tonight. I We'll see. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, long time listener, first time caller here. Thank uh, you, Paul. Just let me get pulled over here so I can take you off speakerphone. Still skeptical. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Paul's calling so far in. so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, just... Paul's calling in from a radio station. Yeah, he's given the uh, the call letters here, okay. which uh, is an indication that this is not some crank call from the internet. I'm just playing around. I'm sure it's going to be a great call. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I do not troll, and I'm sorry. I just wanted to punch those other idiots in the mouth. I have Jewish family. Um, right. Technically, now, all of so, us do. <laughs> right. Now, the whole money-saving thing. Now, yes, I need to quit smoking. However, there's an Indian reservation an hour drive away from me. I can get a carton of cigarettes there for $10. What? No, he's yeah. he's absolutely right. So uh, the thing about uh, the, the Native American uh, uh, reservations, they don't have our taxes. Right. And they're, exactly. they're still allowed to sell it to us, so... Yeah, All of a sudden, I didn't know. Start smoking again. I'm very surprised that the prices are that low. I, I'm just, uh, you know, oh, yeah. I'm just a, a gog uh, at that. Ten dollars a carton. I mean, those are those are 1980s prices. 
Exactly. Those are the prices when I started smoking. Yeah. The oh. cheapest pack of cigarettes here in the town that I live is about is between five fifty and six dollars. Right, and those are the off-brand uh, awful yeah. cigarettes. It was over ten when I was working at a convenience store in Hawaii for the good stuff. Now, oh. when I when I lived in New Zealand, the day I left New Zealand, it was twenty three dollars for a pack of twenty. Jeez, I can't even believe that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you're on an island, I guess. Right. It's well, amazing. No, they're trying to go. They're trying to go smoke free by 2025. Yeah. Every year it goes up a dollar. That's it's definitely a disincentive. Yeah, but and, it also right, affects exactly. the, you know, the poorest um, people there. Now, I have a soda and energy drink addiction as well. The price of Coca Cola, which is my favorite, is ridiculous. I go to Aldi. I get a one of their off brand. Uh, two liters for sixty-five cents. Yeah, you can get two liters. Uh, they're really uh, low cost. Now you got to really drink a two liter, though, man. Yeah, that you got flat so fast. They go flat so fast, but even at the price of two liters, you can throw away the last third of it. Okay, and still you're still doing fine. Well, it's sixty-five cents for two liters of the off-brand, or it's a dollar or a dollar fifty for one can of Coca-Cola. Fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and I love my monsters. I'm a full-time college student um and aldi has something that the taste is almost comparable their green gridlock energy drink a dollar a can there you go so you've got part of this figured out what is in an energy i don't know anything about energy drinks i mean to me that's a terrifying notion garona taurine as well as your expected caffeine and sugar okay and vitamin b a lot of them have you know the vitamin b complex which is a more natural way of making your body have energy. Now, being a full-time college student and working full-time, sleep is a luxury. So I, energy drinks are about the only thing that keeps going. Well, well <laughs> one, one quick thing to point out there is like, okay, so you can buy a giant jar of a B vitamin complex for like two bucks. But so, the energy drink costs much more. Right. Yeah. So, so yes, if what you're getting out of that, is, okay, like uh, I can't speak for the the taurine or the guarana or the whatever else is in there, but if like if you're a, if you're a big fan of uh, like five hour energy out there, like just get a B supplement and you can really cut that cost. I've tried that, but it doesn't seem to kick in quite as quickly as the energy drink does. I'm lucky. I have a low tolerance for caffeine, so I don't need much to like really get going. Nice. And I try to stay uh, away from it as much as possible. So no, I've been drinking coffee and energy drinks for so many years now. I can drink when I then go to sleep. God, Paul, um, I, I appreciate the money saving tips. I think that these, like, like we said, there are um, there's vices that we're not giving up. Yeah, and everybody's got them, and. He's definitely figured out how to spend as little money as possible on his vices. And I think, all right, uh, you know, this was it wasn't my intention to do a show today about giving up your vices. We can do that show, but it it always sounds so sanctimonious. I got my vices, too. Whatever they might be, they're eating out is uh, probably the biggest one that I have is video games for me, man. Yeah. You're not spending that much money on it, though. I spend quite a bit of money on video games. Okay. Yeah. Have you not seen what video games cost these days? No, I was thinking, when he said video games, I guess I thought of console games. When I think of console games, I think of $50 a game, and you get a month's worth of play out of it. Sure. 
Now, and I buy games like I I'm frugal with that too. I've got so many un unopened games that I don't buy new games right away. Yeah. Unless I really want to play that game right away, so I'll wait till they they hit a discount or go on sale, and then I'll buy a handful of them. Um, but I've also got a whole bunch of the consoles, and I've pre-ordered a whole bunch more. And it's going to be an expensive holiday season because there's you know the uh, new Xbox coming out and the new PlayStation coming out, and then in April there's you know a, a new in television coming out so you know got all that on pre-order well and that is one of those things there's plenty of college students that uh they they do a uh, a new video game every month or a new video game every couple of weeks and well you know if you if you want to spare that out a bit uh get the video games that are actually going to last you over 100 hours of gameplay that's the hard thing to do is to know whether a video game will or not oh that's that's not that hard these days i mean uh the the reviews come out pretty much before you can get access to the game so well in my experience uh, it was it was difficult to know which one i would enjoy mm. so there was there's this racing game i can't remember what it's called but uh i've been playing this thing it's got to be 30 years old um or it's it's Rad it's old. Racer. Uh, I don't remember which okay. one it is. Cruising USA. Uh, it's not that one. <laughs> um, and uh, the the other, uh, there's uh, Star Wars Battlefront, yeah. which I just always liked as a game. And, and to me, it just, just keeps on paying off. Um, I've probably got about 450 hours in Animal Crossing right now. Right. That's that's kind of an expensive one. That's a subscription, right? No. It was 60 bucks. I, I bought that one brand new because I, I it was one of those games that I really And it's wanted. super popular right now because right of the now COVID. Right yeah, so I got and I, I was able to get that at the store before the store went on lockdown. Uh, the, you know, the day it came out, so yeah. from like March twenty second or whatever through today, um, I've you know put in quite a bit of hours. My my wife I think has more hours than me in it at that on that game as well. Let's go to George calling in from Alabama, listening on YouTube. <laughs> George, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, sir. My name is George Wallace from the great state of Alabama, and I want to make a statement to you. Hey, George Wallace. How I say, segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation fall. There we go. The George Wallace. Yeah. Famous. Um, yeah, there you go. That accent sounded so authentic. <laughs> it was like he was playing a video clip. <laughs> so there's... Uh, for, coming from the Economic Collapse blog, not exactly your uh, most unbiased source. A mass exodus away from big cities is happening right now on both coasts. Michael Schneider reports, in all of Uf U.S. history, we've never seen anything like the mass exodus of 2020. Hundreds of thousands of people are leaving the major cities on both coasts in search of a better life. Don't let them in your state. They'll ruin it, too. <laughs> Homelessness, crime, and drug use were already on the rise in many of our large cities in t uh, prior to 2020, but many big city residents were willing to put up with a certain amount of chaos in order to maintain their lifestyles. What is that lifestyle? Like, what is it about a big city? Convenience. I what? You, go, you walk down the stairs and you're at the grocery store. Hmm. Okay. You, you want a pizza? You just. It's not a very big a grocery point. store doesn't matter how much stuff can you keep in that tiny little apartment up? <laughs> there's a lot of services that you can get because there are so many people that get them yeah yeah they have the best comic book stores i can tell you that 855-450-3733 it's 855-450-free whenever i go to a city i try to find the comic book store nice free talk live
Freetalk Free Live. <laughs> the number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Not only are we doing a radio program, we're doing four simultaneous radio programs at the same time. Call in. Talk about the time cube. <laughs> we were talking about... But check to see if that website still works Oh, first, I'm sure I don't know you... if it still exists. Somebody, somewhere, has mirrored the whole timecube.com website. Archive.org, then. Yeah, it is glorious. It is a piece of internet history. You youngins who have not seen timecube.com. More capital letters. Mind-blowing. I'm not claiming you have to read the whole thing. Do drugs before you do. But boy, that guy was an entertaining guy to talk to on the radio. And his claim was that, uh, in short, that each day contained four simultaneous days. Um, and he wasn't wrong, right? Like there was, in fact, if, if a Go day... Go ahead, defend the time cube, Mark. Right, I'd be happy to. <laughs> I don't mind. So the, when's the day start, Richie? Uh, traditionally? I asked a question. Okay. You can answer it. I would say uh, at midnight. All right. Do, but sometimes they start at 6 a.m., right? What do you mean? That, well, in some societies and some cultures, the day starts at 6 a.m., right? In some societies and some cultures, it starts at 6 p.m. Or noon. Okay. So now that we accept... Like, that's when their dateline starts? Like now that we say, have four today, possible today's arbitrary Today's the 23rd, starts. and at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, I'm, it would become the 24th? I'm pretty Is sure that, that the these societies wouldn't have uh, numbered them in that way. Okay. But I will tell you that some certainly started at 6 a.m. Okay. Are you saying like that's generally when people wake up and start their day? Well, that's how they numbered it at the time. So okay. if you accept that there's two start points for the day, then you're accepting already that two simultaneous days are occurring at okay. the same time. And all you have to do is say, all right, well, those are separated by six hours. Why not noon and 6 p.m.? Bam, you're there. Four simultaneous days. Well, then why not separate them each hour and have 24 simultaneous days? So there is, in fact. That's sheer genius. There is, in fact, an infinite number of days happening in every one day. Let's go to the Christian Anarchist calling in on the Discord lines. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Gene Ray, the Time Cube. I wanted to channel his spirit tonight. Um, the Gene Ray, educated, the Christian anarchist. <laughs> yep, that, that that's the man. And uh, he was uh, he was something else. And people, those shows, you really should uh, uh, rebroadcast them every so often so people can listen to him. That was pretty amazing. Um, he, he he did make a good point though. <laughs> And that was that everybody is educated stupid. And I have to 100% agree with him on this point. The people of today, and, you know, I guess there was a a time of enlightenment where people actually wanted to learn truth and science and and, uh, all that good stuff. But today, we're at an educated stupid part of history where people, all they want to do is they want to learn whatever feeds their particular viewpoint and they will discard everything else. They won't look at any other side of an issue. So the left, and this is not the left or the, this is the left and the right, right? The left is wrong. The right is wrong. I'm the only one who's right. So, and, and of course that's true, but you know, everybody has that exact same opinion because if you don't think you're right, you're going to change your opinion, right? I mean, nobody keeps a 
by a position that they know is wrong, that would be stupid. They and would, they would change their position. At the same time, these people will say, I don't understand why the politicians won't work together. Well, the answer is, is because none of us will work together. And what you mean by work together is, I don't understand why they all don't just do things my way. Because work together means you have to agree on a way to do something. And if you don't agree on the way to do it, then you can't move forward. You know, like if you're in a, you know, it's, uh, you know, in a situation where you need a, a co-pilot in your plane or something, and you're going to decide to go from, well, let's take off. Well, we we take off by not putting our, you know, putting putting the throttle forward. Whatever, it, whatever the situation is, you disagree on fundamentals, you can't go forward. And so, I'm glad that Washington and state capitals are having a, they're gridlocked and having a difficult time. Well, it works within oh, libertarianism too. Oh yeah. Right. Cause it's what's the way forward. And everyone has their own way of how to make a more libertarian society. Well, or they're not the real state. libertarians. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. Cause you, every, every individual libertarian is the only true libertarian in his own mind. Of course, as an anarchist, I believe that the correct way to live is to live in anarchy because uh, actually, I would make the argument that we are currently living in anarchy, but that's a different subject right now. I'm just saying right. that I believe that the correct way to live is in anarchy because that's the only way where other people aren't ruling over you. And what well, we have currently is we have all these people that are calling themselves our leaders when initially they were set up as our servants. And in the 200 and some years, they have flipped that around and said, oh, well, we're not servants anymore. Now we're It's leaders. very so hand that the rocks best, the cradle. Yeah, so it's best to not have any of them. I would claim, eventually, I, I would agree with your, your premise that we're, we are living in anarchy now. That, um, But what do you mean when you say live in anarchy? Because an, the opposite of anarchy is authority, right? All right. So I'm, I'm only accepting premises we, here. <laughs> if we agree on this point, the opposite of anarchy is authority, then... We have to look at what authority is and where does authority come from. People claim to have authority today. The police claim to have authority. The governor claims to have authority. But when you look at their claim of authority and you pick it apart and you look at the details, you find that their authority is false. They don't have authority. Well, So in reality, we live in anarchy, and those are simply gangland people that have their little gangs and they're uh, enforcing their dictates through violence. That's there where they get no the authority, authority from. It's the violence. Well, the well, violence and the will. No, to violence use. does not. No, violence does not g gain authority. Violence, all it does is it infringes on the rights of every man. That does not give you authority. It doesn't give you legitimate authority. I definitely agree on that. Um, well, correct. So, and well, if so it's not legitimate, it's not authority. Well, I mean, there's two <laughs> ways of getting authority. So you can get authority because you're actually good at what you're doing. Like you're competent. Like uh, if you are a, a good dentist, then you can be an tell authority me, upon teeth. Yeah, you you can tell me absurd things. Like if you do this thing where your your gums bleed, it will actually make them healthier. Well, you actually know what you're doing. You're competent, and that gives you like legitimate authority. And then on the other hand, you can say, well, I simply have the power to wield this force of gun-toting maniacs. You'll do what I say because you will be harmed if you don't. Well, just like you would well, defer to the dentist on uh, matters of dentistry, right? you defer to the politicians on matters of politics. 
Well, being being an expert on something is different than claiming to rule over people. You know, I can say I'm an expert at dentistry. That doesn't mean I'm going to rule over your teeth. And right, because I give doing, you that power voluntarily instead the, of you taking it. The kind of authority they're talking about is they own us. They run our lives. And that's what's illegitimate. And they can't ever justify it. Well, they don't need to because they have the violence. Thank that's you for the call, Gene. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card-sized tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Mark with you. Beakless Mountaineer. And Richie Rich. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. That's what we're doing here on Free Talk Live. We're doing our best anyway. So, I want to tell you about AnyPay. Do you have a WordPress website running a WooCommerce and want to accept cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and Bitcoin SV? Now you can easily enable crypto payments for uh, for your customers, excuse me, from your customers by adding AnyPay, the AnyPay plugin to your WordPress site. It only takes a moment. Just visit AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com and set up your account by entering your crypto wallet addresses in the admin. Uh, then enable the AnyPay plugin in your WooCommerce, and that's it. Now your website is taking cryptocurrency thanks to AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com. And Ian said that like he watched this and it was literally done in just moments. So. Let's go to Larry calling in from Tennessee. Larry, you're on Free Talk Live. No, dude, this is Larry here. Can y'all hear me? I kind of hear you. Sorry about that. It's raining real hard where I'm at. I'm in a fucking place. Okay. Dropping that. There you go. Larry. Larry. It's not Larry, by the way. Lawrence. I don't know. Lawrence from Tennessee. So... Um, going on with this, uh, this, this article about how people are just moving in droves. The claim here from the Economic Collapse blog is that a mass exodus is occurring. Hundreds of thousands of people are leaving major cities on both coasts in search of a better life. And cities have had big problems for some time, but people were willing to put up with it to maintain their lifestyles. Isn't New York City trying to buy them back? Like, please move back. Well, when you say buy, you mean lowering their taxes? No. Okay. Well, I thought the the governor or mayor or whatever, Cuomo. Just come was, back is yeah. what they're saying. Oh, okay. Was no incentive? Just begging? No, no, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, however, the COVID-19 pandemic and months of civil unrest have finally pushed a lot of people over the edge. Moving companies on both coasts are doing a booming business as wealthy and middle class families flee at a blistering pace. And most of those families do not plan 
to ever return. Los Angeles is a perfect example of what I'm talking about, and I being the authors uh, here. Once upon a time, it attracted wealthy and famous people from all over the globe, but in 2020, it's a city on the brink. Here's the quotation here. Today, Los Angeles is a city on the brink for sale signs are seemingly dotted on every suburban street and the middle classes, particularly those with families, flee to safer suburbs, with the many choosing to leave L.A. altogether. British-born Danny O'Day runs Watford Moving and Storage. There's a mass exodus from Hollywood, he says. Almost half of the entire homeless population of the entire country now lives in the state of california occupy hollywood yeah a large portion of them are addicted to drugs needless to say it's created a nightmarish environment junkies and homeless in the hollywood mansions well and and that was always kind of uh, the thing about living in the city is you have kind of a trade-off Yes, you have a bunch of homeless people around, which means that you have more crazy people and more drug addicts. And on the other hand, you have culture, you have arts, you have concerts, you have things to go to, you have bars, you have new businesses opening up, you have all these, you know, new and interesting opportunities around every corner. Now you have COVID. Yeah. Until now. And now you just have the downside. Right. And nothing to back it up. Well, when it comes to the culture, like... You know, uh, people have figured this out a long time ago in Chicago. You could live in the city inside the loop and you'd be right there next to the Field Museum, a fantastic museum. And then all the other culture that the uh, the city has to offer. Or you can live on one of the train uh, routes and just take it into the city uh, on the weekend so you can go to the Field Museum or, you know, that once a month you're going to do it. And that's just you, you intend to, by the way. I mean, Chicago was the one city on our like cross country tour that my wife like crossed off and said, "We're not going there because it's too dangerous," and she was scared. Well, I don't think she's wrong. Well, okay, I, I think it's where you go, but, but either way, let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What what is life like in the big city? David the Frugalite. Okay, it's not David. Did buy weed? What's that on screen? Buy weed, okay? It does say buckwheat but it kind of said it next to david what's up no it's on um n word f word oh. so yeah frugality <laughs> oh you know what this, this, this is f word is frugality <laughs> frugality f word um when you got earlier in your program you were there was a quote somebody was reading oh you oh yeah richie was reading uh, uh eating the quote was uh eating cold beans in a dark room and I literally, at that moment, was chewing cold beans in a dark room. See, and off the air, I said this topic is perfect for David. <laughs> is that what you yeah. It's true. Yes. I don't recall that I, statement. I can bear witness. So yeah, do you literally yeah. what, eat what, what, cold beans out of a tin um, in, a, in a dark room? Hell no. Beans are way too expensive. You eat them out of a can. <laughs> oh, I see. You, you, he, you he's right. He's right. You buy, you buy them 400 pounds at a time. From the farmer down the road over there, and uh, and then uh, that that's your your set for the year. Yeah, they will keep. Well, I mean, yeah. you were talking earlier about like when you were a smoker, like okay, so if you get a bunch of your tobacco set up, you can just be set for a while. Now, beans and rice, they will keep forever. And all of us are addicted to eating. Well, uh, I mean, I, I don't for keep forever is an exaggeration, but you can yeah, get bugs and the uh, bugs and stuff into your yeah. your grains. Um, but yes, yeah, well, that, that's where your that's your protein source, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I suppose you're not wrong. Yeah, the, 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 the beans, uh, generally speaking, there are no bugs that really want your beans, your dry beans. Yeah. So they're pretty safe because the bugs won't even eat them. The, the rice will get those little, um, the, the weevil bugs, I don't yep. even know what they're called, the ones that, yeah, the ones that look like silverfish, but they're not silverfish. They got the, the whip tail with the little filaments on the end. They get in they there. Yep. Leave their, yeah, yeah. So, so how do you prepare and, your you beans, can, David, when you do eat it? New Mexico style. Just, Hot uh, sauce and... Actually, beans are, uh, we make fun of them, but they're really versatile. Beans is what gives, you know that, uh, we'll be all hoity-toity for a minute, we can be Japanese. You know the uh, the descriptive word uh, uh, umami? Sure. No. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's the, uma- the fifth not, not umami, uh, technical umami. flavor. So there's yeah. uh, sweet, sour, salty, and bitter, and there is a fifth technical flavor, like technically a flavor meaning that your tongue detects it instead of it being a smell. Got it. Right, right, and be- beans will give you that, yeah, instantly. Like if, like if you try to make a soup or a stew, and you know, super, if you, if you put vegetables in a pot, you know, so just think of vegetables. Put vegetables in a pot, add water, add flame, cook, um, you know, add salt it to taste. It's still going to be a thin broth, right? Yeah. But if you if you, if you have beans in your soup or your stew, it'll thicken that it. Gives you, yeah. yeah, it'll thicken it, and it gives you the, that umami taste so that it feels like there's something of substance there it's not just a watery broth good to know yeah the, the discovery of umami is where msg came from huh. right yeah they were they were trying to figure out a, a chemical that will give you the flavor of uh, of umami or savoriness uh, in the same way that uh, sugar will give you the flavor of sweet so what I fa- what I like about beans uh, and beans and rice, right? Like this this is a meal that it's hard to get tired of, mind you. Um, and I, I can get tired of just about everything, but beans and rice I just tend tend to get tired of. You add a little bit of butter yeah. and it goes a long way. And then if you happen to have some kind of ground meat, you throw that in, and it's a completely different meal. Well, and my question right. was sincere. Like, what is what is New Mexico style beans? Like, I just I'm generally oh, with, curious. Well, with, with 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 chilies, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. So spicy, red, red, or, red or green. Yep. Okay. So do you and get those fresh, or do, are they uh, uh, the, the kind of ones that come in a bottle? D- depends on what time of the year it is. Like right now, they're about to pick them, and, and if you got them in your garden, you're already picking them. But the the commercial growers are picking them like starting like right now, and so you have fre- fresh chilies now for the next couple months, and then you have from fresh chilies you have roasted green chilies, and then you got then you freeze those, and then you can also can them, you know, home style in jars. And then over the winter, you've, you've seen the the, uh, the the New Mexico themed um, uh, chili ristras. You know what I'm talking about? Nope, the big nope. string of red chilies hang. The big string of oh, red I've chilies. Seen that. Yeah. Thanks for the call, David. Appreciate it. Number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Final segment. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Talking about this article here the from the Economic Collapse blog about this mass exodus. They're claiming hundreds of thousands of people are leaving cities right now because all the advantages, as you would point out, pointed out there, Peakless Mountaineer, that all the advantages of living in the city are basically done for with COVID-19. I mean, I... Terribly sorry, my fault. I mean, technically not all of the advantages. Like, uh, if you're off in the country, it's going to take a while for the firefighters to get there. So, like, that's an advantage of being in the city. But all of the ones that make it worth putting up with, uh, you know, crazy people, homeless people, 
uh, way too many cops. A fire department's really there to prevent the fire in the next house. You know, the next domicile mm. in cities, domiciles are attached to other domiciles. So they, you know, they need these professional departments. Uh, I was on a volunteer uh, department for many years and hoping to get back on it here. The COVID-19 kind of slowed things down. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, our saying was is that we never lost a cellar hole. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, the, honestly, you, if you want to control fire in your house, you should have you should check your extinguishers. You should check your alarms. You should do those kind of things. You're responsible for the fire in your house. The fire department's to prevent your fire that you didn't control from getting out of hand and burning down your neighbor's That's house. That's a tough sell when you're talking to status. So go like, well, who, what are you going to do when the fire breaks out? Like, if you don't have fire services by the state. Right. Well, I go like, well, it doesn't matter because if your neighbor has fire protective services, they're going to come put out the fire so it doesn't spread. Yeah. Well, uh, what, this is what you say to them. You do understand that fire departments were an insurance company scam to socialize the costs uh, that they had in putting out fires, right? And then they look at you blankly because they have no idea what the history of fire departments were. It used to be the fire departments existed to collect the bounties given by fire departments, uh, excuse me, given by fire insurance companies on you know something that might be burned and uh, you know might be burning or whatever so as much as you saved from burning that's what the uh at least a portion of that is what the insurance company gave to you that gave to the department yes hmm. so you're so, competing fire departments showing up to the same fire sometimes fighting physically over being able to put out the fire or whatever the case might have been meanwhile and don't, the building burns in the background and don't forget the insurance company has to it was having problems with the department setting buildings on fire so they could then collect the money. Perverse incentives. Yeah. So then it's like, well, maybe we should just have the department be a um, town thing. And there's nothing like fundamentally the idea of a town getting together and having you know their engine. And by the way, these are just pumps. The engine pump thing that they pull along with a horse or whatever. And you know you're like, well, okay, all right. That makes some sense. You put that. You put the hose over here in the water, someplace uh, in a pond, and then you pump it out over here. Okay, all right. But then it just goes on and on, and then you've got departments um, that with with ladder trucks that doesn't that don't have a two story house in their entire uh, you know region. That's why you put an end to those programs early on before it gets out of control. I, I have let's an idea. Not put it in the if you own a building. Pick who gets to hit it with water. <laughs> well, well, again, it's also the next building next door, right? Because if you don't have fire services, someone's going to show up because your neighbor might. And and there's certainly situations where depart- fire departments have uh, stopped at a county line or something and stood there and looked and watched a, 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 a building burn. And now, those are fire departments run by the state that yes. they'll use in defense of private, private fire departments. And I, I know it's kind of counterintuitive, but there's also people standing there watching it burning. Mm-hmm. And look, if you don't have an agreement with people who could stop a fire, then they won't stop a fire. So let's go on back to the uh, talking about the cities here that people are leaving. Uh, this is a quote. Junkies and homeless, uh, many of whom are clearly mentally ill, walk the palm lined streets like zombies. We're talking about L.A. here, apparently. All just three blocks from multi-million dollar homes overlooking the Pacific. Stolen bicycles are piled high on pavements and littered with broken syringes. Could you imagine trying to raise a family in such a community? I certainly couldn't, says the author. And the worse economic conditions become, the worse the problem gets. 
Crime skyrocketing in L.A., and some of the residents have been shocked to discover strangers actually, yeah, going to the bathroom in their front gardens. TV bulletins are filled with horror stories from across the city of women being attacked during their morning jog or residents returning home from strangers with strangers defecating in their front gardens. Sounds like it's going to drive the price down of those houses. In yeah, the area. yeah. More LA. people can move up the economic ladder by getting in. Well, I, honestly. Sounds like they're degentrifying. <laughs> um, California has just way too many people in it for an arid climate. They already have these water agreements and all that kind of thing. They don't, they don't have nearly the amount of water that they need to support the population. To the point that they're having what they call uh, saltwater intrusion in the water table. Okay. So that means salt water from the ocean is getting into the fresh water that you can drill down and pump up, up to 25 miles from the coast. Don't they have water filters to filter that out? Because it amazes me that a coastal city or a coastal state has water problems when life straw is a thing. Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't know about life straw, whether that's good for salt water or not. I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to make that uh, statement. Um, but, but I can but tell the idea you that, that you can filter things out of water to get fresh water, right? That technology exists. And if you just scale that up. Yeah, desalination is not that complicated. Yeah, I don't know what it would take. One would presume that uh, California has looked at this. But then again, I mean, it's a pretty status place, and they're really complicated. Leave it to the government to mess things up. There you go. But I, I will tell you, absolutely is the answer to your question. There are catamarans out there with what they call water makers, and they aren't making water. They're taking salt water from the ocean, and they're you know filtering out the stuff that you can't right. drink, and then giving you clean, pure water to drink. And so, so with as large as the California coast is, with all that seawater. With filtering technology available, there should never be a water shortage. One, one would think that you could scale up to make it... Uh, you I'm know. definitely making that claim. Yeah. So, uh, before we run out of time, I actually wanted to get your guys' thoughts on... Uh, I, I assume that this uh, article's on the level, because I would sure be heading out of the city at this point. Yeah. And I wonder... So, there has always been this uh, uh, political demographic divide between uh, the two Americas, the uh, rural America and the urban America. And I wonder if all of these people streaming out of cities because cities have lost all of their usefulness, is that going to make a major demographic change in our near future? Into more rural? Yeah. I, I perhaps suburban yeah maybe more that like i, I don't think they're gonna go and you know live the farm life out in out well, in the well i mean a lot of people are are moving out of the cities because they found out that they can do their job online right but i don't think they're gonna want that you know i'm living in a barn type of life either There's well i'm not like suggesting that either well um i mean yeah it's a better life not having to deal with cranky neighbors uh the farther your neighbor is from you the more you like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so I would say the answer to the question is yes, that people will, um, you know, that if given the option, people are, and, and they don't see the downside of it, there's less of a downside that they're going to want to be out in the country. So I, th- I think it'll lead more to like, like you said, the, the suburban areas where you have the nice house, your neighbors aren't, you know, packed in side by side. Yeah. So you can have your front yard, you can have your, you know, private street or whatever. Wide lawns, well, narrow lines. Well, what's the point of going suburban if uh, there's nothing going on in the city? Because then you're not in the city. 
right? You you have a little well, bit right, of the sprawl, but, I mean, and you can work from I, home. I, I'm saying like suburban versus uh, just rural. rural. And I don't mean like, you know, I'm not suggesting they're going to be farmers. I'm saying they figured out how to do their job online. Yeah, because I, I, th- I would presume that the suburban environment, you can still work from home, right? You still got that aspect of it, um, but you're not as rural, right? You're still Well, I mean, it, if you have to commute, sure. If you have to commute, then uh, suburban makes sense. But, I mean, there are so many things that they have by hook or by crook figured out how to do online because the covid right that okay well if you if you can do your job online why would you want to do suburban instead of rural i'm saying the atmosphere around suburbia is probably because you can get a pizza more quickly something like that i can't get a uh, pizza i can't get food delivered to my house Mm. um i mean it's not even that you know you're talking about um like water being run right fresh water being run piped in Whereas who knows what you'd have septic tanks in a in a suburb versus you know. Well, the, I know the they can. drink their own urine at your house. <laughs> right. um, we just drill down and get water out of the ground in New right. England, <laughs> and there's so much of it coming. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's that many advantages to suburbia over uh, rural lifestyle. But then again, I live a rural lifestyle, so. Okay. Eight, uh, I'm giving the, the telephone number. Go to freetalklive.com. Hey, sign up for our newsletter there. It is a great way to get news on the new stations we're adding and the new stuff we're doing. It's pretty awesome. It's Just go to freetalklive.com and sign up right there. Podcast download numbers are the most quantifiable and important numbers that we can show an advertiser. So please, if you've not already done so, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or in the podcatcher of your choice. Ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, so please give us a rating and review on any podcast platforms that you use. Ratings and reviews are used to move a podcast up in search results, which means it's easier for others to find the show. This is free advertising for us, it's easy for you, and it tells other people that you like the show. Subscribe, give us five stars, and leave a review.